Well, friends, in our culture, life is all about you. Uh, we're constantly being told, aren't we, that we need to look after ourselves, to provide for ourselves uh, every day on the TV, on the internet, on the radio, the magazines we buy, article after article is all about your pleasure, your happiness, your dreams, your wealth, your success, your potential, your health. Uh, anyone would think, wouldn't they, that we're the most important person in the world. But that's how our world thinks, isn't it? That you are the most important person in your life. And even as I say that, it, it kind of rings true, doesn't it? Your life is about you. It's actually a complete lie. We feed, don't we, on this fat feast of self-fulfillment every single day. Our world compelling us to spend our time and our energy and our money, getting the most out of our lives for ourselves. But it is just one big lie. Over the next two months, we're going to be working our way through the letter to the Philippians and its countercultural, radical, inverted, upside-down message is that all of life is all about Christ. Look, just as a quick example, in chapter 1, Paul's even going to say that to live is Christ. That, that is life. Chapter 2, he's going to commend others because they don't look to their own interests, they look to the interests of Jesus Christ. In chapter 3, after rattling off the best of his own life's credentials, and they're pretty impressive, Paul says they are all rubbish compared to knowing Jesus Christ his Lord. Philippians is all about how all of life is all about Christ. And you can see it in the very opening of this letter. I don't know if you noticed it as Laurie was reading it to us, but he just kept saying Jesus Christ all the time. He wasn't swearing. It's all okay. But he kept saying, servants of Jesus Christ, saints in Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ. If the Apostle Paul handed in these verses into a high school teacher today, they would ask him to resubmit. You're too repetitive, Paul. You keep saying the same thing, Paul. Move on to your next topic, Paul. But see, that's just the thing. Paul can't move on from Christ. He, he's so captivated by the Lord Jesus that absolutely everything is about him. The way he sees the world is through the lens of Christ. And so how he sees himself, how he sees the Philippians, God, the future, the meaning of life, the, everything is about the Lord Jesus. And that is what God wants you and I to get this morning. Let's have a look at the opening of this letter. Uh, Paul opens his letter in the standard way of the day. Uh, back in the first century, when you started a letter to someone, you first said who you were as the person writing the letter. You then said who it was that you were writing to, and then you greeted them. Who you are, who they are, and greet them. So as I uh, read Paul's opening, just look for the way that he frames himself the Philippians, and his greeting, all in terms of Christ. Verse 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. See how every single item in his opening is all about Christ. Let's just take them each in turn quickly. Paul identifies himself and Timothy as servants of Christ Jesus. That's how he understands himself. That's who he is. He is a servant of Christ. 
now in my generation and probably the ones older, when we're thinking about who are we, we tend to think in terms of what we do. So who are you? Well, I'm a mother or I'm a teacher or I'm an accountant. Uh, for those in younger generations, well, you're not sure who you are. But uh, whatever happens, you've got to be true to yourself. Uh, I don't know how many times I've heard judges say that on shows like MasterChef or X Factor. Be true to yourself. As if there's nothing more important than finding yourself and fulfilling yourself and being who you want to be. The Lord Jesus, he just trashes these ways of thinking. Understanding who we are, it's not about finding ourselves or, or having a fulfilling job. Our identity is found in Christ. Paul understood himself. He, he saw himself as a servant of Christ Jesus. That's who he was. Is that who you are? In your own mind, as you think about yourself, are you a servant of Christ Jesus? Christ is not just the way that Paul understood himself, though. It, um, Christ is also the way that he understood others. In verse 1, when Paul says who he's writing to, he says to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi. He could have said, now to all those at Philippi. But he didn't. He said to all those saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi. Now, the word saints here just means holy ones. Uh, so don't go thinking about you know, Catholic saints or people in stained glass windows. No, the word saints here, it just means holy ones. People who've been set apart by God for God. And as Paul writes to a group of Christians, that's who he says they are. They are people who are in Christ Jesus. They belong to God. For those of us here this morning who are Christian, this is how we're to understand each other as people who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we're quick to see people in many different terms, aren't we? So we see people and the questions that come into our minds are, are they good looking? Are they wealthy? Are they clean living? Are they sporty? Are they popular? Are they easy to get along with? And we can use these categories to shape the way that we treat people. And so we can show favoritism to the people we click with. And we can serve the people that we're comfortable with. But if everything is about Christ, then the way we understand each other is not, do I like that person? But do they know the Lord Jesus? And if they don't, how can I help them to know him? And if they do, how can I help them to grow in their love and in their service of Christ? Because since everything is about the Lord Jesus, the way we understand each other is all about whether or not we know him. So Christ is how we're to understand ourselves. Christ is how we're to understand each other. And Christ is also how we're to understand God himself. Look again at verse 2 and see Paul's greeting to the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi. It's wonderfully Christ-centered. Verse 2, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This sentence can be found in almost every single opening of Paul's letters in the New Testament. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It, it had become Paul's settled summary of how the God of all the universe intersects in our lives. 
And he does so by grace and peace through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we're to understand God. We don't have to try and make him up. We don't have to try and guess what he's like. He's revealed himself in the Lord Jesus as the one who's been gracious to us and given us peace. And of course, God's grace, his generosity is seen most clearly in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ on our behalf, even as we celebrated this morning in communion. That Jesus Christ, he paid the price for our sin. And by this extraordinary grace of God, we have been given peace. Peace with God himself. And this understanding of God that we're given in Christ, it it is just wonderful, isn't it? It's like a, a tranquil waterfall just teeming down and sharing us with relief and gladness. Because the grace and peace of God in Christ, that means we have been set free from trying to prove ourselves to God. We, we've been released from the impossibility of trying to be good enough for God. We don't have to worry about that anymore. And we don't have to compare ourselves to one another either. We're delivered from the tyranny of trying to convince ourselves that we're better than the other people around us because all of our concerns about our failures, they've all been dealt with by God himself in Christ. And he's brought us to himself in peace. I have God now. I know the Lord Jesus Christ. What do I care what other people think of me? God has graciously, peacefully taken me in as his own. In Christ, God, who is he? He's the God of grace and peace. But Christ isn't just how we're to understand ourselves, each other and God. Christ is also what we do with our lives. Christ is who we partner in, who we live for together. From verse 3, Paul speaks of his joy and his prayers for the Philippians and his joy springs from their partnership with him in Christ, in the gospel. Verse 3, have a look at it there. I thank God, sorry, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. See, the the Philippians have been partners with Paul in Christ, in in the gospel, uh, ever since they became Christians. Uh, We read about it in Acts chapter 16. Paul's the first person to go to Philippi to tell them about Jesus. And many people become Christians on that visit, during that visit. The letter we have here in front of us is about 10 years after that visit. And what we learn here is that for the past decade, the Philippians have been partnering with Paul in Christ. But what does that mean? Well, we use uh, the partnering language in the business world today, don't we? Uh, We can speak of people who are partners in a business together. They're working on a joint venture. So they help each other to make the business work. They dream together. They plan together. They work together. They're partners. What's a very similar use of the word here in Philippians. Paul and the Philippians, they're working on a joint venture. Not a business. No, they're partnering in a life of promoting and honouring Christ. As we keep reading the letter, we'll we'll discover what this partnership looked like. Uh, We read of the Philippians have been praying for Paul as he shares the gospel with people. The Philippians have also been financially supporting Paul as he goes around preaching Christ. The Philippians themselves have been proclaiming Christ and both the Philippians and Paul have been suffering 
as they've been proclaiming Christ to the people around them. To partner in Christ in Philippians is to believe in him together and then to support one another as you suffer for preaching him. And Paul commends the Philippian church for doing this. He's filled with joy that they are partnering with him in this way because this is authentic Christian living. As a church family here today, this is what we're to be on about, supporting one another as we proclaim and honour Christ together. Just as Christ determines the way we understand ourselves, Christ also, can you see, he determines the way we understand our corporate life together. What are we on about as a church family? We're partners in Christ together, living together, supporting one another to promote and honour him. And what else would we do? What else would we do? Because if at our core, if who we are, we're servants of Christ and we become that by God's grace and peace through Christ, then what else would we do but make our lives about him? As disciples of the Lord Jesus in a church family, the course of our lives, it's bound up together. As come what may, we partner with one another to proclaim and honour the Lord Jesus. But he's not just what our life is on about now. Christ is also what our future is about as well. In verse 6, Paul speaks of the day of Christ Jesus. He's talking about the goal of all creation, this, this last great final day that's coming it's the day when this creation will end and the new one will be ushered in it's the day of the judgment of the living and the dead it's the day when every life will be held accountable to god it's the day when every single living creature will acknowledge god it's the day when it will be seen who are god's people and who are left to suffer his wrath and this day belongs to the Lord Jesus. It's his day, the day of Christ. Have a look at verse 6. Paul prays with joy for the Philippians because of their partnership in Christ. Verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The day, friends, is coming, the day of Christ. And notice that that day brought Paul confidence and joy because God, he's at work. He was at work in the Philippians. Paul's confident that just as God began a work in them, he will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ because God's, he's at work. God's at work in the here and now, making people Christians. He's still at work keeping his people with their faith firmly grounded in Christ because God's goal in his work is to see his people safely brought to Jesus on that last great day. So that on that day, Jesus himself will welcome God's people with the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Come with me. And enjoy the blessings of the Father. Eternal life in a new unspoiled creation. Come. Come with me. What a future. And it's all about Jesus. His day is coming. He's the end of all things. Nothing will last without him. And God's at work in us to bring us to Christ on that day. Several months ago, Catherine and I wanted to work uh, on a few garden garden beds at home. 
uh, weeds would just keep coming and coming. And, and finally we decided, all right, we'll better do something about it. It was just three small garden beds. That's all it was. Three garden beds. Six months later, and there's still one we haven't touched. You got anything like that? You know, things you've begun but haven't completed? God's not like that. What he starts, he completes. You, you can't stop God. He, he, you can't distract him from his task. God, he, he, you can't thwart his plans. God will carry his work on to completion until the day of Christ. He will see his people safely presented to the Lord Jesus himself. It is what makes believing in Christ more valuable than life itself. It's what makes partnering in Christ together so precious and significant because together we know the Lord Jesus. We're living for him and looking forward to him and the safety of eternal life that's only found in him. Paul and the Philippians, they knew the deep joy of sharing in Christ together. Have a look at verse 7. Christ had even shaped the way Paul felt about the Philippians. Verse 7. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. For whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. It's interesting here, Paul even calls God as his own witness. You heard that saying? I call God as my... Paul does. He calls God as his witness here that he longs for the Philippians with the affection of Christ Jesus. The word affection there, it speaks of deep feelings from the heart, from your core. Literally, it's from your intestines. This is not superficial. This is deep affection for the Philippians. And Paul says that the Lord Jesus has given him his affection for them, that the affection Paul has for the Philippians is is similar, it's just like what the way Christ feels about the Philippians. As we know Christ together, serve him together, partner with one another for his cause, spurring one another on to continue in Christ, to grow in him, to love him more, to serve him more. We're eagerly helping each other to live for Christ in absolutely everything. It's our heart's deepest desire, isn't it? To see one another safe on that last day of Christ. Can you see that even from these opening eight verses, all of our life is about Christ. From what we think, to what we do, to how we feel, it's all about Jesus. But maybe you're sitting there this morning and you're thinking that this all sounds very good, but you're not feeling it. Look, I know, Alan, I hear you. Christ is meant to be my everything, but it's just not happening. My life isn't a life of joy-filled, hearts on fire, I'm all about Jesus. And look, if that's you, let me say a couple of things. First, if you think your Christian life isn't filled with joy you need to make sure you're not confusing joy with happiness. Christian joy doesn't mean that life is going swimmingly. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to see Paul speak of his great joy while he's in prison. No, Christian joy is joy in Christ, even through the deep troubles of life. 
Secondly, if in all honesty your Christian life it isn't filled with that great clarity and focus of absolutely everything being about the Lord Jesus, if, if that is you, it is worth asking why. It could be that you're content with a worldly, easy Christianity. that You just cruise through life, look after yourself, try and do the right thing, but... Don't worry too much about getting excited about Jesus. Or it could be that your head is filled with doubts about Christ, not overly convinced about him. Maybe you just don't know him very well. Brothers and sisters, if this is you, whatever the reason, come back, won't you, to God's word. And hear what he has to say about himself. Because in Christ Jesus, we're told, God is the God of grace and peace. In Christ, your sins have been forgiven. In Christ, we belong to the Lord Almighty. By the Lord Jesus, we've been made ready for that last great day. And in Christ, we've been brought together as a family of believers to contend side by side for his cause. In Christ, God has lavished us with grace and peace. This is where we need to come back to. To grow in our knowledge and so in our love for the Lord Jesus. So that all of our life would be all about him. When I was a kid, uh, waiting for Christmas just consumed everything in my life. Uh, Every day at school was one less day until Christmas Day. Conversations in the playground were all about, what do you think you're going to get for Christmas? Uh, I marked off things in my mind as the last time I would do them until it was Christmas Day. You know, the last school day, my last cricket game, my last sleep. Everything in my life was all about Christmas. Brothers and sisters, everything in life is actually all about Christ. And everything we think and do and feel is to be about him, shaped by him. Because he's our God and saviour. He's the Lord and judge of the living and the dead. And by his death, he has made us his dearly loved people, safe and ready for his day. And so this morning, leave here. And see the world through the lens of Jesus. See everything. Perceive everything. Understand everything. Do everything in the light of Christ. Because all of life is wonderfully all about him. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, for the incredible grace and peace you have given us in him. Father, thank you for his day that is coming. And because of his resurrection from the dead, you have already made us ready for when he comes. And so, Father, as we wait, we pray that everything we think and feel and do would be shaped by him as we live for him, as his as his people, Father. Help us not to listen to the world, but to listen to you, that we might live for him who died for us. Amen.